What's up with Jessup? It's the only way to wake up. We state our views, state facts, and then afterwards we make up from politics, business to lifestyle. Let's get this. Jessup Jong knows all the facts. He has no missed list. This podcast is your place for breaking news and hot takes. It's the only way to wake up. What's up with Jessup? Welcome back to What's Up with Jessup. We're joined here with a very oftentimes guest, um, veteran of the podcast, Mitchell Black. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Well, so, as, yeah, yeah, go ahead. As you know, I, I was in China from January to March, but then yeah. I had to go back to America. I was uh-huh. in China doing videos and writing articles about coronavirus, but now I'm back in America and I'm not leaving the house very often. What's there right. to show on my YouTube channel? So actually, I've been going back to videos I filmed over the past few years, finding uh-huh. interesting videos and editing them together. Uh, to show my audience, because I still have a lot of videos I haven't uploaded, and sure. that's uh, given me a good thing to fill my time these days. Sure, and you were talking about Tanakti, which is uh, live squid. Is that a good translation, or is this uh, a different kind of squid? Oh, yep, that's what it is. I that's mean, what it is. They uh, they cut it up right before they serve it to you, and so uh-huh. it's still moving through nerve reflexes, and while you're eating it, using chopsticks to try to grab onto the pieces of squid that are moving and putting Uh it in your mouth and feeling it move around, it's a very fun experience. Right, right. I mean, but for most Westerners, I would feel like that would be a little bit weird. In fact, maybe repulsive. How did you find that fun and tasty? You know me. I love to try authentic culture, uh-huh. authentic cultural experiences, foods, and everything. I mean, that's the point of traveling. I actually found it very interesting and also delicious, for that matter, very fresh. Huh, that's good to hear. So now, a lot of people probably are um, concerned about sanitation. Did you find the place where you ate at pretty clean? Oh, yeah. The places are clean. Korea has a high level of sanitation it's an advanced country and furthermore because you're eating fresh food that that means that it doesn't that it doesn't get rotten or anything i mean literally it was alive (laughs) actually it should be quite the sanitation standards should be quite high it's a very common thing so Uh i think unless you have some kind of condition that would make it um difficult for you to eat such but people in good health or people without any kind of condition shouldn't have any problems. Okay, that's a, actually a good point. I mean, if it uh, is alive, it's, there's no possibility for it to go be rotten, so I guess that's a good point. Yep. Yeah. Now, I had a bunch of videos left over from the past few times I was traveling to Korea. Not uh-huh. only... But also Pajong, which is delicious seafood pancake. And also uh-huh. I had some 
videos from I have a lot of videos from China and Vietnam too. So I just yeah. got some of the videos which related to eating um interesting authentic food. I got them together and made a whole long video okay. that I'm gonna be uploading next week. That's very cool. So what is Pajan for people who don't understand what that is? Uh, pa- yeah, Pajan is another one of my favorite foods in Korea. Pro- perhaps my favorite food in Korea. Is, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's seafood pancake, which has like green onions and also different kinds of seafood cooked together. It is very crispy, um, very thick. If you go to the right places, for example, Pajon Alley near Hoki Station right. in Seoul. Uh-huh. It's so thick and uh, you and delicious. Wow, that sounds amazing. Crispy. Yeah. Yes. And have you tried uh, soju with the uh, pajon or? Well, yes, of course I like drinking soju, but when uh-huh. you're eating pajon, you need to drink makgeolli. Oh, is that the case? Oh, wait, I didn't know this. Okay. <laughs> Either, um, and, and it's also a tradition to eat pajon on rainy days. Yeah, that's right. But in on ready, rainy days, at least as far as I knew, I thought it was soju. But maybe it's uh, supposed to be makgeolli. Well, makgeolli accompanies pajeon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then what accompany, accompanies soju? Uh, soju can, you can accompany have everything. almost anything. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I think the classic, the, the classic thing would be soju and... Um, and some yeah. barbecue beef, barbecue right. uh, pork. Yeah, that's fair enough. So let's go back to Pajon and drinking makgeolli when it's raining. Why do you drink it while it's raining? Do you know? Well, one more thing I just want to say. Sure. When it comes to pairing Korean, about when it comes to pairing Korean drinks and Korean foods, the other uh-huh. one that everybody needs to know is uh, fried chicken and beer. Yeah, right. That's uh, That was recently, oh, not recently, but was uh, popularized by one of those K-dramas. You know <laughs> which K-drama it was that made uh, beer and pizza the best well, combo? Mike, it happened to be my love from the stars. You're right. That's the one. <laughs> and became, I know uh-huh. I was in China at the time, and right. also in China, a Korean fried chicken became very popular. It was also because my love from the stars was very popular in China. Exactly, you're completely right. So it was, it got big in Korea, but it got even bigger in China. And so I heard that it created an entire industry of chicken and beer in China as well. Mm, yes, indeed. Yeah, so that's that's a good combination. Uh, beer and chicken. There's also the beer and uh, pizza as well. That's considered a similar combination but it's not as popular. Mm. Yeah. So let's get back to the pajon, this uh, spring onion pancake. Why do you eat it when it's uh, raining outside? No, I'm actually not aware of why that tradition came about, but uh-huh. it's just something I read when I was doing research about pajon. Ah, okay. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> At least as far as I know, when you... uh sizzle the pajon like you're you're really making a pancake you you hear that sizzle from the oil and that oil goes very well with the rating noise because it sounds pretty similar <laughs> ah. so 
I don't know. It's just what I've heard, but it's uh, it, when it's raining, it kind of makes you think of that sizzle, and therefore you make that pajon, and you're likely uh, lonely, and so you drink uh, some kind of alcohol along with that pancake. Well, that works for cooking it, but I'm just an eater, so <laughs> I never would have thought of that. I see. Well, it's a pretty easy uh, dish, so you could pretty much make it at home if you wanted to. Mm. Yeah. So that's really cool. So you've Can eaten you uh, something uh-huh. about sure. Pajon, a funny sure. story about Pajon. Of you course. Know, in Korean, uh, chon means pancake. Now, uh-huh. if you look at the translation when it says Pajon, it's uh-huh. like oftentimes American menus will be like Korean pancakes. Right. Pajon meant pancake. But really, there's a lot of different kinds of chon. Pa uh-huh. is just one kind of chon. But yeah. so then when I was first learning Korean, like the first time I went to Korea, I would be like, uh, kimchi pajon duseo. Like, yeah. like a kimchi pajon. <laughs> yeah. And what was wrong with that? And kimchi course, and pajon. So there's a lot of different kinds of, of pancakes, chon. So if you want a kimchi pancake, you should say uh, kimchi chon. Yeah. Not the, yeah. Just <laughs> one of the funny things about learning a language. I see. I see. Because when I heard it, I was just thinking, oh, that's pretty natural. You want kimchi and pa, which is like spring onion, in your uh, pancake. So <laughs> maybe there are those kinds of combinations. So I had, I didn't really recognize anything wrong. But that's cool. So you've eaten all these uh, cool foods. Um, Pajon is a pretty common food that a lot of people can eat, while Sanakji, the live squid, is a little bit more exquisite, uh, higher end. Mm. Um, do you remember how much it costs to eat a live squid? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't have. That. <laughs> prices in the back of my head, but I guess no it's more expensive because of the fact that it was uh it was fresh. Uh uh-huh. it was probably like a whole I mean you can't like order a small portion of it for one person, so you have to yeah. have multiple people there together to share it. Right. I mean it's important to note that this Tanakti is pretty small. It's smaller than at, at least an octopus. It's definitely smaller. I mean how big was it for you? Uh it's not too big, um, and uh, it's not like the main course. Like, right. often you would just order a few different kinds of side dishes also. Um, right. In particular, the first time I ate it, it was actually live squid on top of um, on top of raw beef with a uh-huh. cracked egg. Yeah, so exactly. that was really well. Yeah, so that's like the golden combination. That's really at the pinnacle of uh, raw food eating that you've experienced. And as you said, I mean, the sannakti is very small, so it's really hard to get full on it. And therefore, it's considered very pretty, pretty expensive uh, for just a meal. It's just, it ranges from $30 to up to $50, if not more, for just one small squid, which is the size of your hand, which is, uh, you know, it's uh, pretty expensive. Mm. Yeah. But you've had that tannakji in addition to the raw beef. How was that? Oh, yeah. Raw beef is delicious, too. Raw egg is delicious. So that's one <laughs> of the uh, 
Um, one of the great things about Korean cuisine. Uh-huh. Have you tried, do you usually eat raw egg by yourself too? <laughs> <laughs> no, only when I go to a restaurant that specializes in it. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't try that either. I would feel a little bit unsafe of getting salmonella or something. Uh, right. Like, I guess it's not something to eat every day, but, yeah. um, if you go to somewhere where they know how to do it, and I've uh-huh. only eaten it a few times. I mean, it's usually something where you to eat when you just want to try something new and and interesting and authentic. Exactly, exactly. And so beef is also expensive in Korea. And if you want to have raw beef in Korea, you would really want the highest end quality of meat because you are not even cooking it. Uh, not really uh, seasoning it that much. They're just having it with all of its imperfections and whatever that might be. And so you must have had really the highest end Korean uh, beef there. Well, I went to a restaurant that specialized in it, and I ordered whatever was on the menu the way uh-huh. they do it. So yeah. they knew how to do it. I didn't like. They didn't have different cuts of meat to choose from. They just gave you. What was their specialty? Exactly. I mean, there is just one kind, pretty much, I would say, if you're eating raw beef, there's just the best kind. <laughs> and uh, you, you've tried that, so that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, the the amount, the serving size was probably bigger than just the tannakji itself, was it? Or did you have a smaller portion? I think there was more beef than there was tannakji. Yes, of course, because hanakti by the weight is uh, more expensive than beef. Yeah, yeah, but the, I, I mean, at least from my experience, um, the beef, the raw beef, gives you like a pretty big bowl. Like, oh, yes, <laughs> like you could have a meal with that one, don't you think? Certainly, if you were one person trying to eat that, <laughs> you'd get pretty full. <laughs> Exactly. It might be even too much uh, for just one person. Yes. Yeah. So that's very cool. The price range is probably a little bit higher just because there's more uh, amount. So it's probably ranging from $50 to $60, $70 if it's a really high-end uh, restaurant. But it's uh, great. Thank you for Mitch uh, introducing us to these different kinds of dishes. Yes, and let me also give a recommendation on where I like to eat. I sure. To go to any kind of high-end restaurant, the best place with the most lively atmosphere to eat is inside different kinds of markets. So Korea has a lot of um, like markets where they have stalls and small restaurants with all kinds of food. You can go uh-huh. walking along and find what kind of food that's most appealing. And also Korean Sanaki in particular. Korea is a has a long coastline. It has many uh, fish markets in many coastal cities. Right. So you go there on the first floor. They usually have a lot of fish in tanks and everything. And then yeah. upstairs on the second or third floor, they will have a lot of restaurants. If you uh-huh. buy fish on the first floor and then bring it up to the restaurant, they will prepare it at the restaurant. So that's another good place to eat. Um, Sanapki. I mean, it's being sold in the fresh fish market. Yeah, I completely agree. We call that Susan Shijang, which is a seafood market, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And you're completely right. That's exactly it, where um, if you buy it from the first floor, 
um, you actually get like a discount where you don't have to pay for anything else. Uh, probably pay for like some kind of uh, like uh, extra side dishes and things like that. But it's cheaper than eating at a full-on restaurant. Yes, and fresher, I would suppose. I agree. Definitely much fresher. And so that's a great way of eating seafood and raw raw food. And so how did you get to know all of these? I mean, this is a very uh, <laughs> like a native kind of experience that not even all uh, Koreans experience. I love uh, traveling. I always look for authentic uh, cultural experiences. I do some research before I go, but also what's important uh-huh. is on-the-ground research. That means really open to trying new things. When you see um, a market or you see something interesting beckoning you, follow yeah. their intuition and go inside and see where it takes you. Wow. Yeah, you are very adventurous. I mean, not a lot of people would try out uh, raw food. <laughs> in a foreign land. That's amazing. Did you have any other uh, types of food that you found kind of interesting, unforgettable in Korea? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, <laughs> There's just um, no end, is there? Let me say the one, the, another one that I can say a lot about is, uh, is Hong O. Oh, I love that. We're really going into the raw fish uh, department today. So this <laughs> is a um, kind of fish in English called skate, which uh-huh. looks like a really ugly eel. And yeah. it smells <laughs> bad, too, because yeah. this fish urinates through its skin. What? Skin, no way. Well, yes. And why does it smell so bad? It's because uh-huh. it is marinated in its own urine. That's how Oh, my goodness. Prepare it. Um, and uh, I guess it's been a delicacy. It has been a delicacy. I think uh-huh. the older generation likes it more than the younger generation, <laughs> but particularly uh-huh. the in south uh, southwestern uh, uh-huh. Korea, like Mokpo, is most uh-huh. popular there. Oh yeah, it's amazing. I, I've actually tried uh, Honga in Mokpo. It was amazing, mm. but also very expensive. So. I would say Hongo is almost as expensive as Hanakje or just a little bit more, tidbit more expensive. So it's just an example where it's such an adventure to to eat Hongo. Yeah. In fact, it's an adventure to even find the Hongo restaurant because it's <laughs> too easy to find. Um, yeah. So there's not so many Hongo restaurants anymore. And a it's, lot of them are located, or like very small restaurants located down alleyways. So uh-huh. I remember one time in Busan, mm-hmm. I was giving my American friend an introduction to Korean food. And I was yeah. like, hey, let's try Hongo. <laughs> <laughs> we were nearby the Busan fish market. And oh, that's had, amazing. Yeah. Uh, we had an address, but uh-huh. it was that part of Busan is kind of hard to navigate so we were like walking down alleyways etc etc it was it took a pretty long time but eventually we found this tiny restaurant and the yeah. owner was so happy to see us uh, when we <laughs> ordered hong o she was like yeah. wow Americans <laughs> ordering hong o and so she took a picture of us and posted it to her Instagram account <laughs> <laughs> that is just so cute and precious yeah <laughs> exactly I mean it's very rare. You're a rarity yourself. 
uh, among rare foods to uh, be that adventurous. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right. I also heard. So I didn't know that it was uh, blended and marinated in urine, but I also know that honga is uh, fermented. Yeah. So it's a, a raw fish, and then you ferment it with uh, some kind of like a. I don't know if you put in actual salt like you would do with um, pickles, like uh, kimchi and things like that. But there is some kind of intricate measure where you ferment it and it's almost to a level of a bubble where it tastes like soda in some sense. There's a strong odor, um, but the best ones don't really smell that much either. And so the ones I had really didn't smell at all but it tasted like soda because there was so much fermentation into it that it was almost sparkling water <laughs> kind of feel. And so, I don't know if you, if you experienced that, did you feel like a kind of acidity or a sparkle? Uh, no, maybe I didn't have the same, the highest quality of, of taste that you did. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. So, I mean, it it doesn't really depend on like the quality, I guess, but it's um, also like how much uh, fermentation you prefer. And it might be that you uh, got the version that has less fermentation and it's more of just like the raw fish itself. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I will say about the flavor, like you said, it has a very strong odor, and and I think the one I, the ones I ate had a very strong flavor, like. Um, it's hard. I can't say I actually like the taste if I'm mm-hmm. just eating it for taste, but I'm not eating it for taste. I have yeah. my friends there. We're like talking about it. <laughs> we have a bottle, two, more, multiple bottles of macaroni. Uh, uh-huh. Basically, after taking one bite, we have to drink macaroni. So it's a very fun drinking dish. Right. That's true. And, you know, it's an acquired taste. So after you eat it a little bit, you know, you can uh, really develop an acquired taste for hongo, I would imagine. Oh, well, maybe if I eat it 300 more times, I don't think Exactly. Yeah. Another interesting fact is that um, the bones in the fish actually dissolve. Did you experience mm-hmm. that? Uh, I know it had, there was a lot of different textures, and some of it was like, cartridge kind of texture uh-huh. so texture was also interesting exactly it's a very interesting it's almost like the chicken wing kind of bone kind of feel maybe the marrow yeah. exactly and you would usually want to spit out fish bone it can uh, puncture your <laughs> inside but in this case it's been fermented so much that you can actually Keeper. just bite into it yeah. yes Mitch Yes, that is true. So that's very interesting. So on to the next food. Okay. Next dish already. Yeah. Uh, Bondogi. Oh, my goodness. That's not rare, though, is it? Well, it's not expensive or anything, but it is. You're right. And Westerners, it is a food that that Westerners do not uh, frequently eat. Bondogi is a kind of uh, beetle, uh, uh-huh. a kind of brownish beetle. Um, sure. Yeah, and uh, I I ate it like once or twice. Uh, that one I don't really like. 
but I had to try it. Yeah. Personally, I don't like that one either. <laughs> but it, it is a very common food. You can find it almost in canned uh, products as well. And it's cheaper. It's definitely cheaper um, compared to the food that we are talking about. It, this is not more of like a delicacy rather than like a everyday food for maybe lower income families. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and can, a, uh-huh. a street food. Uh, exactly. It's a street food. At one, um, 2017, I was in Korea. That's when they were doing the, uh, the, the impeachment of Park Geun-hye and protests for and against Park. And uh-huh. uh, right outside of in Seoul, outside of the city hall, there were a uh-huh. lot of conservative activists gathered uh, waving the Taeguki flag and the American flag, protesting in favor of Park. And there were uh-huh. some, some stalled buildings for buildings. Right. And it makes sense because a lot of the people who are protesting tend to be older, and the older generation uh, likes uh, bandegi more. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, it is a street uh, food. Um, I'm sure it's uh, good with uh, a lot of proteins and things like that. I mean, insects are the next boundary and frontier for food, I guess. Well, I guess the previous boundary and the next boundary, it probably has like a kind of bell-shaped curve. <laughs> How so? How? Please explain more about your uh, bell curve. Well, looking at Korea, like you said, the older generation likes bondogi more. And uh-huh. also looking at China, yeah, they ate different kinds of insects in China, especially in Western China, like in less developed parts of Yunnan province. So sure. at that time, they were eating uh, eating insects and bugs because they didn't have as much income or as much in Yunnan in certain places, you're in the mountainous region, you don't have as much ability to raise livestock. So it, so then then uh, the younger generation of Koreans don't like bondogi as much. But now you mentioned the possibility of eating insects as protein in the future because of concerns about global warming or resource scarcity or other such things. So in that sense, it kind of the desire, the uh, either desire or necessity to eat insects increases both at the level of lower development and the level of, of extremely high development. Exactly, that's a great point you're pointing out. I guess it's not a bell curve, but rather like an inverted bell curve, upside down. Right. It's a valley. <laughs> yeah. That's a great insight, Mitch. Thank you. Now, one yeah. more food. Uh, one last one. All right. This is like a buffet full of uh, all kinds of different foods that were uh, virtually experienced among the pandemic. Yeah. I think this one might be higher in in terms of, like, uh, price or uh, exquisiteness. Sure. It's definitely higher than bondogi. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is, and this one's from Vietnam, but uh-huh. I was just looking through my videos again, and I included it in one of my videos. Oh, oh my goodness. This is not uh, a Korean dish, Mitch. What are we in doing Korea, here? <laughs> in Korean, it's called, well, it has a Korean name. Its Korean name is called Dweji Mori. Oh, okay. Well, that just um, means a uh, pig head. Right. Yeah. Um, basically, in 
Uh, well, I'll tell you, it has a connection to Korean, to Korean culture because I was in Vietnam in Poyan, uh city, um, a city with bright lights and like traditional buildings. And uh-huh. I was at a bar and I met two Korean women, and uh-huh. we were like, "Let's go to breakfast the next day." So we went to a traditional Vietnamese place for breakfast, and then we ate uh, pig brains. And uh-huh. so, in the video, you can actually hear Korean voices in the background talking about the pig brain. So that's why it has a connection to Korea. Okay. And now, is it considered a delicacy there as well, or how is it? Oh yes, it's a delicacy. Um, I wouldn't. Again, it's like something like I wouldn't eat it every day. It's not. No, tasty. nor would I. It's not like tasty. It doesn't taste as good as. Femnucky, like Femnucky, literally. It actually uh, tastes good, yeah. Tastes really good, and yeah. I would continue to eat it, not because it's a novelty, but because it actually tastes good. Yeah, me too. But okay, that's interesting. I mean, we should definitely uh, respect all kinds of cuisines, and um, you know, yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, there's there's probably a lot of other dishes that eat uh, raw raw brains, so like so, fish and things like that. So you can Fried. see video and more videos on my YouTube page. My YouTube page is called Mitchell Black Asia Travel Blogger. Yes. Go follow or uh, like Mitch's uh, video. Do you have any other places that people can find you? LinkedIn, oh, Facebook. Yeah. My, my social account on most websites is Mitchblatt. M I T C H B L A T T. Instagram. Uh-huh. Mitchblatt. Twitter. Mitchblatt. Yeah. And on Facebook, if you search my name, Mitchblatt, uh, you can find multiple pages. All right. That sounds good. Thank you so much, Mitch, for coming on the show and talking about so many uh, wonderful dishes. Yeah, and listen to the next episode where we talk about Korea's election. All right, that sounds good. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.